Hi, my name is Caleb. I'm on staff at DCC, and I lead the creative and production teams. Thank you so much for listening to a Church in the City podcast. Before we jump into this episode, I have an exciting piece of news that I want to share. DCC has been a church for 10 years, and we've always been a mobile church. We've been praying together, we've been believing together, and we have started to feel like God is drawing us into a place to where we can put down some roots. We've been looking, we've been praying, we've been searching, we've been walking through buildings, and we've found an amazing space that we would like to call our own. We're calling this effort The Roots Project, and you can find out more at achurchinthecity.org slash roots. There's also a link in the show notes. Uh, There you'll find all of the info about our goals for the project, the building, and a place to donate or to sign up to volunteer your time or your skills. What we're inviting you into is to prayerfully consider partnering with us financially. We're looking to raise about $150,000 to put a down payment on this piece of land and the building, and we need this down payment within the next 60 to 90 days from when we record this in late February of 2023. Once we have these funds for the land deposit secured, we're looking to raise $100,000 more to be able to put a good facelift on a lot of things in the space that are going to need them to be move-in ready such as paint, new flooring, carpet, basic internet, coffee, all of that good stuff. We've got a lot of people that are already partnering with us, but we're asking that you would join with us as well. We want to invite you to personally pray, go before the Lord and say, God, what would you have me do? How would you have me partner with DCC and The Roots Project? Maybe it's sharing the information about what's going on with some other people that you know, a boss, a coworker, a friend, a family member, whoever, seeing maybe they would like to partner with us on this project. It's one of DCC's strongest beliefs that a church building is not a destination. It's where we gather and where we're sent out from. And I want to invite you to partner with us in that. Partner with us in prayer. Partner with us financially. Whatever the Lord might put on your heart there. Just partner with us. If you've got time, if you've got resources, if you can volunteer, we're looking for help from anyone and everyone in a lot of different ways. So to get involved financially or with your time or skills uh, or to just learn more about the project or to kind of have a place to just share this with somebody else, uh, that's all on our website, achurchinthecity.org slash roots. Everything about the project is there, and I'd invite you to go check it out and share that with a friend or 30. With that, I hope that you enjoy this message, that it enriches and encourages you today, and that it serves towards fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers. I, I, it's a good morning to be here. So I've been a believer for 20 years. Born and raised in the church, just a little background on me. Born and raised in the church. My parents were a part of church leadership my whole life. And it, there was never anything. I, I understood the principles. I never doubted the Lord um, from an existence standpoint. I never had doubts that Jesus was God's son, that he, any of the story, it was always truth to me. It's always been truth to me. It just was never mine. It was never real. It was never my walk. It was never my journey until... Um, until I was in my 20s. And uh, so, yeah, it's been 20 years now. And it's amazing to me that here we decide to like take a few weeks and say, let's talk about the complete gift of salvation and how much I'm learning, how much I didn't fully understand and how much like God is just completely transforming me. 
And I hope you guys are, are experiencing the same thing. I hope you're feeling the same thing. This should never be old hat to us, right? Christian living is never, it's never, uh, perfected. It's never, you don't become an expert at it. You don't suddenly get to be the guy one day that goes, I got this. I know how to do this now. That it just doesn't exist, right? It, we talk about this a lot that Brennan Manning says in, in one of his books that there are no professionals in the company of Jesus. We are all beginners. We are all walking this out. We're all on this journey. We're all living this life. And, and I just have so appreciated like the last couple of weeks, just, just how it shored things up inside of me and even kind of gone through like, the bed of my heart and just been kind of like, this, this shouldn't be here. Let's take that out. You know, this thinking shouldn't be here. This methodology shouldn't be here. And I even shared in our small group, like even from the first week, you know, I found myself, you know, after Kev shared on, on forgiveness, on walking out forgiveness as part of the completion of salvation, that we have forgiveness, that we don't have to ask for forgiveness anymore, right? That essentially you're on a journey, you're walking along, and all of a sudden you kind of like got derailed. And some of us, it's gradual. Some of us, it's like this, you know, whatever. In different points in my life, it's been different things, but you're on a journey and you're walking and, and all of a sudden you find yourself in a place that was not where you should be, right? Whether it be through sin, whether, well, it's through sin, but whether it's through selfishness, whether it's through pride, whether it's through discouragement, whatever the thing may be. And we have this initial, no, okay, hang on. I lost myself there. I was getting into my thing instead of talking about your thing. So anyway, so we're walking on a trail of darkness. And at some point in our life, the Lord comes up and he's like, hey, and you meet him for the first time. And you turn and you decide to start walking with him. That's the moment of forgiveness, right? It's full forgiveness, whole, complete, all of it. And you start walking with him. So from there, I no longer have to walk through and, and, and ask God, will you forgive me for this? He has. So what's my job is that when I find myself off the path, then I just go, I repent. And I turn back and I, and I get back in step with him. And I found myself after Kevin had shared that, I remember honestly, like the very next morning I was working out and I was talking to the Lord and I was like, God, please forgive me. And right away I was like, oh no, God, I repent that I've not been walking in line and in in order with the things that you've called me to, with who you've empowered me to be, and I'm going to walk in step with you now. And because and, and you might be saying, why are you splitting hairs on this? Let me tell you why. Is because I can't stand in a place of waiting for him to do something he's already done. Amen. Because it's it, it's fruitless, right? So that's that's the perspective. So you know, from there, you know, Chris got into the into sharing on sonship, and again, how we're we are adopted, we are brought in. It's a legal agreement into the place that God says, "You are my son, you are my daughter, you are mine." It's legal, it's binding, it's done, it's complete. And even if you kind of get into some of the understanding and meaning of that adoption that was used there, it's literally taking you to a place of of being co-heirs with Christ. Like this is a big deal, a big deal. And I can't change it. I can't tarnish it. I can't ruin it. I can't get it dirty. I I can't cause him to have regrets. The only thing that I can do to break that is walk away from it. 
okay? So no matter what we've walked in with today, no matter, you know, a lot of people have shared already this morning about the week they've had or the struggles they're going through, any, all of these things, whether they're self-induced, whether they were inflicted on us, it doesn't matter. Our sonship, our being a, our daughtership, I don't like that word, but you get, you get what I'm saying, is founded and rooted in what Jesus did, and he says yes to it, and it's my job to stand in line with it, And again, the only way it gets compromised is if I make a decision to say, I don't want that anymore, and I leave, okay? And so I just, I love it because it just keeps, it's these reminders to where when I'm struggling in my earthly mind, I'm I'm starting to remember the principles to stand on. And so that's one of the things that I just really want to talk to you guys about this week. The, the, um, The topic for this week is deliverance. It's a part of this complete gift, this complete work in Christ. And when we did our whiteboard session with the teaching team and they said, do you want to teach on deliverance? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And as soon as they hung up, I looked at Kevin. I'm like, what? What? What what are we talking about here? What does this mean? Like, are you just talking about like from demons? Like, I don't, I, 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 what? And Kevin's like, honey, there's so much more there's so much more. Like, I I mean, just as the Lord's just been talking to me about this, I'm just like, wow, I have, I have again, sold the gospel short for the things and the freedom and the liberty that God has brought into my life. And so that's kind of where I just want to, I want to talk through that this morning. I want to encourage us this morning. I want to, I just want to I want to press this, I just want to press this in a little bit deeper into this gift that we have, the complete whole gift of salvation. It's incredible. One of the things that I think is most important if we're going to discuss deliverance, and so what is deliverance, right? Deliverance means you were in something and now you've been delivered, rescued, whatever word you want to use from that, right? Well, it would be incomplete to not be delivered into something, right? So God doesn't take us out of something and then just leave you in this vague, barren land waiting for perhaps someday that you could go to heaven and things will be fluffy there, okay? He brought you out of a kingdom of darkness and into his kingdom of light. He brought you out of sickness, death, depression, anxiety, pornography, lust, uh, jealousy, rage, insecurity, all of these things, okay? And I can list them all because I'm, I have been guilty of all of them and brought them in, brought us into a life of light and love and, and just complete unity with the Father. That's what we were brought into. Now I know a lot of us, our reality feels a little more in the middle, right? I don't feel like I'm always free. I don't feel like this is my reality. I feel, but I also don't feel over here, but I feel kind of in this, in this murky place in the middle. And I'm telling you, I just was so blessed by the sermon that Lisa did a few weeks ago talking about the spirit, the soul, and the body. And just because like the spirit, like Lori was sharing earlier, this is the whole living, alive part of us. This is the part of us that's over here going, yes, I'm free. I'm delivered. I'm rescued. I'm not in bondage. 
Those things that you struggle with, you struggle in the flesh. You don't struggle with those things in the spirit. Your spirit man doesn't want anything to do with them. Your flesh is ruling and reigning. My flesh is ruling and reigning in those situations. My spirit is not leading, right? I just loved that sermon that she that she shared, and it was just so encouraging to me because, again, it's my choice. And the longer I sit and wait for the Father to come and do something he's already done, I'm waiting in vain. And And honestly... It doesn't impact anything for him. We're in union. He's put, he's prodding me. He's poking me by the Holy Spirit. And he's saying, daughter, daughter, this is not for you. And I've got this chain around my ankle that is not secured because it's been broken off my life, but I'm trying to drag it along. So then I keep trying to fix it tighter to my ankle. So it's easier for me to drag it. And this is not the life that I'm called to. He's like, Young lady, shake that off. Let's keep going. Declare, I love, Lori, I loved what you shared. I love what you walked out because literally that's been my last couple of weeks. Just starting to, you got, a lot of you guys have heard my story that in 2018, uh, Kevin and I walked out some really deep rooted things, um, individually and together in our marriage. And I went through a really, really difficult season of some major darkness and depression and panic attacks and anxiety and things that, I mean, to the, to the magnitude of sitting in the bathroom at work, just crying and trying to, trying to get through a day because I was full of fear and I couldn't make it through a, through the grocery store without like parking myself in the corner and having to figure out how I could overcome and make my way back to the front of the store and abandon my grocery cart because I didn't care. I just needed to get somewhere safe. I get it. Okay, I just need you to understand, I get it. I get the feelings of depression and anxiety. I'm not trying to belittle that. Anybody who feels like I am, please come and talk to me because that's not, that's not truth. But here's the thing. The moment that it broke was through my declaration. It wasn't through Christ coming and doing something again or differently or whatever. He was standing there saying, my daughter, stand up to this. Proclaim that you are in my kingdom because you're partnering in the kingdom of darkness. He said to me, Jamie, you are playing with dead things. Stop playing with dead things. They're contaminated. They're not for you. And I, again, I just kept trying to live in this kingdom of light and allowing this kingdom of darkness to surround me and to cloud me. Now, I'm a firm believer. It can't get in me because I'm a child of the king, but it sure can push me down into a, into a fetal position, into a ball in the corner. And I, and I can be hidden from his light. I can be hidden from this, this beautiful joy that exists inside of him. And, and again, these are, I believe, decisions that I'm making. He made his decision. He said, you're mine. You're with me now. That's what he spoke over my life. He said, you're with me now. Now walk with me. Talk with me. And as I'm going, sometimes he's tapping me on the shoulder saying, Hey, we're going over here. And I'm like, Yeah, I know, but you know, I'm feeling pressure from the outside world. And, and if I just, I don't know, I just, I, I can't overcome it. I don't know how. God, I, I'm just going to stand here and wait for you. And he's like, I, I, I'm not standing there. Let's, let's go and walk this way. And so anyway, that's, that's a little bit of the, of the background of, of some of that that I kind of walked out when I started to understand my freedom in Christ. And I'll tell you, these last couple of weeks, I've started to experience again some of the physical, some of the things in the body that were from that season in my life. 
started walking out, having some panic attacks again, started feeling that anxiousness, started getting nightmares again, started going through all this stuff again. So then right away, your mind's going, oh, I guess I wasn't really free from that because here it is again. Or um, I guess I, I guess I this, or I guess I that. You can insert your own sentence there. And I was like, you know what? No, I'm not. I'm not going back there. Nope. Absolutely not. Not from what I have been learning these last couple weeks and understanding that my salvation is complete, that I'm whole, that I'm free, that I am in Christ. Absolutely not. So you know what? Darkness, get out. Get out. Get out. Anxiety, you have no place in my life because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty and there is freedom and there is joy. And I started saying, Father, I thank you for your joy. It is my strength. You are my rock. You are my foundation. You are my firm foundation. There is nothing in this world that can waver. They can take me out. I don't care. I don't care because I'm with you. You are with me. There is light and life and love. And I'm telling you, like it, it literally, I could physically feel like that pressure coming against me. And I said, I'm not going to, I'm not giving into this. This is not for me. This is a mockery of the salvation of Jesus Christ. It's a mockery and I won't stand for it in my life. And people are watching me. I have a girlfriend who says this to me all the time. She said, I have to live every day of my life as if people are watching me because they are. And again, we don't, at DCC, we don't believe, believe, believe in living a life that people are watching us. So now I have to perform. People are watching me. So I need to rise up and I need to be the woman of God that he says I am. And I need to be full of the Holy Spirit and full of power. And that's the freedom that I walk in. So in uh, Luke 4, 16, you have a story, right? So you have Jesus. He, he just came through all of the, the stuff with the, with the wicked one where he took him up on the mountaintop, all the temptations, all the different things. He was in the wilderness. He walked all of that out. It says he came down and at, and at this point, he now is going into Nazareth. So it says he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. So his hometown, right? Talk about places of familiar, right? Hometown, there's nothing more familiar. You back to mom's house, you're doing all the, you know, it's real easy to settle into to our old life, right? And he's like, no. He said, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. So this is just a normal day, okay? Normal stuff. Going back into the town, go to the synagogue, as was his custom. That would be like us saying, as was Jamie's custom, she got up in the morning, she did her workout, she got ready, she went to work, as was his custom. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, the Messiah, because he has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to announce release, pardon, forgiveness to the captives and recovery of the the sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, downtrodden, bruised, crushed by tragedy, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord, the day when salvation and the favor of God abound greatly. Then he rolled up the scroll, having stopped in the middle of the verse and gave it back to the attendant and sat down to teach. All of the eyes were on him in the synagogue And they were attentively fixed on him. And he began speaking to them. And he said, today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing and in your presence. Today. So everyone in this room, that day was before you were born. So it's done. Because it was done on that day. 
okay? He's not a redoer. He doesn't have to. He's perfect in all of his ways. It was done. Your forgiveness was complete and he rescued you completely from the things that are trying to oppress you. You've been rescued. You've been brought out of a kingdom of darkness and despair. And now today you are in the kingdom of light. Whether we act like members of that kingdom or not, it is irrelevant. That is the kingdom that we live in and that we operate in and that, and that we should be operating from. And so it's, it's very important that we understand the completion of this because the, the things that I'm standing waiting for are things that I cannot walk with others through. And this is the fullness of the gospel. Paul talks about that a lot, that we receive, that we go through hardship so we can go through hardship with others. We walk out joyful situations so we can walk with people who are going through joyful situations. It's about community. It's about walking in this together and introducing someone else to this incredible, incredible relationship that you live and move and and get to commune in. It's unbelievable that I understand that I'm not just forgiven. I'm accepted. I'm a daughter. I'm not just freed and rescued and delivered. I am in the marvelous light, walking without chains, accepted, known by God. Family, I, I know most of your stories. This is not a collection of people that would have been accepted by the who's who and the what's what. A lot of us, a lot of us don't even tell some of the stories of our past because we don't want people to know where we've come from. And a lot of us don't talk about the darkness that lives even inside of our mind right now because of the fact that we don't want people to know what's going on inside. And I'm saying that we need to call an end to that and start allowing the light to shine into these things and allowing the church of God to rise up and be the outshining light instead of the one that's waiting for the light to come in. We are the light. We have the light. He's, he's complete. He's whole. He's lacking nothing. He has delivered me. It's, it's deliverance from physical death. It's deliverance from oppression, possession. All these things we talked about earlier, depression, anxiety, and maybe you're struggling with that, okay? I'm not trying to belittle any of those things. I'm just saying we don't have to say, okay, I live here now. We fight and we fight together and we stand on what we believe and we stand on what we know. And you know what? To be honest, I'm kind of flabbergasted at how immature I found myself to be when I started preparing for this Sunday morning service. I was like, wow, grow up, Jamie. And I know maybe that sounds harsh to you. I'm not saying it to you. I'm saying it to me. But I'm just like, we know basics of the word. Basics. You don't have to know scripture to the extent. You don't have to be entailed and, and like detailed and in all these, all these little nitty gritties to know that life's not for you. You don't have to. We know this. This is 101. When you get introduced into Christ, you know that. You know that life is no longer for you. It's one of the first things we leave. We leave the things behind and we move toward the things ahead, no matter what those things are. That's the beauty of baptism, right? Is that that we partner in his death, burial, and resurrection into the new life. We're new. The old man is dead. That stuff is gone. It's behind. And yet I keep saying, well, it's okay for me to not be okay. I agree, but it's not okay for us to stay there. It's not. And why would we want that for each other? 
I, I don't, I don't want it for Alex. Alex doesn't want that for me. But yeah, I try to hide those parts of my life because I feel that I can find, I don't know, do we find comfort in it? What, what is it? Why? Why are we holding on to these things and not living in full freedom? And so I started asking the Lord that. I said, God, why am I not living in full freedom? Why am I not, why is this not just like 101 for me? What, <laughs> this is always my favorite famous question. What's wrong with me? And we'll pause. We'll see if you guys can answer that and take a sip of my moonshine. A little liquid courage. Um, Because I know a lot of you guys are looking at me like, man, this chick's whack. Um, Which is fine. I am a little crazy. Uh, If I may be so bold, and I shared this a few months ago, um, God has been dealing with me a lot lately. And why, why am I clinging to some of this stuff in my life? It's rebellion. It's rebellion. And you could be like, well, what do you mean? Nobody, nobody chooses, you know, nobody chooses, you know, Jamie, there's no way you would have chosen anxiety these last couple of weeks through some of the stuff you're going through. Yes, I did. Because I chose it instead of choosing, choosing Jesus. So I did choose it. And I don't like those words any more than anyone else in this room does, but I did, you know? And now luckily the Holy Spirit was right there saying, hey, daughter. And I was like, oh, duh. Yes. Okay. I'm going to partner with life. I'm going to declare Jesus over this. But again, then I would find myself suddenly in this place and I, and I'm choosing it and I'm befriending it and I'm hanging out with it and I'm living in rebellion, right? What is rebellion? Opposition to the one in authority, defiance or resistance to the established government. The established government in my life is the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If you're a believer, that's what you're saying. He is, he is king. He is Lord. Yes, he's my friend. He's my counselor. He's my comfort. He's all those things. You see, I'm trying to plug in for you to do that song next week. Yeah. Anyway. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's everything to me, but he's also Lord of my life. He's the king. He's the one who's in charge. I think Chris said last week, I, he doesn't work for me. He doesn't work for me. That's not how it goes. So if... It, so why am I saying I'm in rebellion? Because I'm, def, I'm, I'm in defiance to his authority and his kingdom in my life if I'm choosing things of darkness because they don't exist in his kingdom and yet I'm choosing to participate in the kingdom of old. That was a little easier for me to get on board with and to start getting aggressive on these things than me, than me just choosing that I'm being battered and being beaten and that I'm a victim because I'm not a victim. I'm choosing fear. I'm choosing anxiety. I had a conversation with my mom earlier this week, and we were just kind of talking about a few different things, and, and we both just kind of laughed, and we just said, like, we're, we're not supposed to do this. We're not just supposed to choose fear. We're not just supposed to choose, at this point in our journey, we choose Jesus. We choose whole, complete, rescued, delivered, living, and so when I find myself in that rebellion and choosing fear and anxiety and depression, and again, I know those, those are not words people like to hear. No one chooses to be depressed, but we do choose to partner with this trying to come on us. And we say, you know what? Okay, I'll give in. I'll let you stay here because I'm tired today and I don't want to fight you today and I'm not in the mood. 
I don't, I don't feel like pushing this uphill today. I, I don't, I don't want to, I'll just, okay, I'm just going to live here. I'm just going to let this be. And, and I'm telling you, partnered with the Holy Spirit and just saying, I'm saying no to that. I'm going to, I'm going to come in and I'm going to resist, I'm going to (laughs) resist. Scripture says, submit to the Lord, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So step one means that I recognize that I submit to the Lordship of Christ in my life. And I say, this thing that's trying to come in my life and trying to rule and reign is not for me. And I submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. I resist those things and it has to, it's required to flee. I don't make the rules, he does, but I'm a fool when I don't follow him. It's just the truth of it. Uh, One of the biggest scriptures that has just really been impacting me this week. And I really encourage you to write this down, to speak it over yourself every day this week, to to live it, to breathe it, to understand it. Because again, we need to remember that when we've been delivered, when we've received the completion of salvation in Christ, that means that we have been delivered from, we left a former kingdom. If anything, we're rebelling from that. And we're joining to the kingdom of light. In Colossians 1, 13 and 14, it says, For he, and in case you're confused, he is Jesus. For he has rescued us and has drawn us to himself. So you could stop right there. He has drawn me to himself. That means he pulls me near. When I'm filthy, when I'm rebellious, when I'm downtrodden, when I'm whatever it is, he draws me to himself. He pulled me to himself from the dominion of darkness and transferred me into the kingdom of his beloved son. So this is done. He did it. He put me in his kingdom, the kingdom of his son in whom I have redemption because of his sacrifice resulting in the forgiveness of sins and the cancellation of sins penalty. So I came out and I went in and this is where I'm supposed to be residing and living and moving and having my being. And when I find myself back in this other place, There's no, we don't have to make this big, long, drawn out thing. We don't have to drag on our knees on the ground. I don't care what your thing is that you found yourself in, okay? It does not matter any bit of it from gossip and slander to murder to pornography to lust to jealousy to rage to any of it. All of that is kingdom of darkness. It doesn't matter what spoils you're trying to take from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. It's all spoiled. It's all trash. It's all dead. And we leave it there and we join to his kingdom. And when we find ourselves there, we stop and we say, wow, I repent. I'm going to partner with this. And to Lori's point, I 100% believe if you want to see victory in your life, you absolutely, and this is my, this is from me, not from anything else. You absolutely must verbally declare it from your own mouth. I believe you have to verbally make the decision to proclaim it and stand in it on your own. And yes, I think you should get other people involved. And yes, I think you should get accountability in the family and all of that around you 100%. But it starts with you saying, God, I choose you over anxiety. I choose you over depression. I choose you over fear. I choose you over insecurity. I choose you for my future, you for my destiny, you for my comfort. There is nothing that he has lacked. There is nothing that he has not completed. There is nothing that you are waiting for. He is calling you and saying, walk away from that, my child, and come with me. Come with me. If the, if the band could come up, 
I do just want to encourage us, stand to your feet. So two things that I want to encourage you in this week. Number one, that verse in Colossians, Colossians 1, 13 through 14. Read all of Colossians if you have the time, but those two verses, proclaim them over your life. And the other, the other scripture that I've been living in a lot this last week is Psalm 34. So spend some time in thought, Psalm 34. Find rest in it. This is literally a, this is literally a Psalm that David wrote, okay? When he's fleeing from the king, whose household he was brought into, his life's on the line. He finds himself in the company of the Philistines and had to act crazy because, of course, if you remember the little Bible stories from when you were a kid, the Philistines don't want him either because he killed their leader. So he's literally pretending to be insane at the, at the city gate and beating his head and foaming at the mouth so that way they'll think he's nuts and leave him alone. And then he writes this psalm. So I'm just saying... A lot of times we're just like, well, I can't worship. I can't praise. I can't trust. I don't, there's too much going on in my life. This man had some things going on in his life. And he said, still, I will choose you. I will trust in God, not in my fear. And he said it out loud and he wrote it down. And he said, this is the proclamation over my life. No matter what my circumstances are, there are literally men trying to find me to kill me. And the place I went to hide, they want to kill me too. He's alone and he's scared and he cries out to his God. And so this morning, I I would venture a guess that a lot of us are feeling that. A lot of people are going through a lot of garbage right now. But your king is unbelievable. And his love for you is so deep that he gave up his son. He put him on a cross. There was... There is so much love that has been poured through that situation. And again, it is foolishness when I continue to say that this kingdom of darkness loves me more than this God of light. It is foolishness. And so I just want to encourage us as we go back into worship, verbally with your own mouth, declare your partnership in the kingdom of light with the king of kings. Proclaim him. Or, and I'm not going to do it for you. It's your choice if you want to walk in this freedom. It's available to you. It's been done. I'm not here to force you up a hill. I don't care if you feel uncomfortable. I don't care if you feel weird. That's your problem. That's your problem. Do you want, do you want to look weird in front of people you barely see all the time? Well, we do live life together, but you get what I'm saying. Do you want to, do you care more that you look weird in front of this group or do you care more that you can walk out of this stuff that's been trying to cloak you and is not for you? So I just want to encourage us this morning. Father, thank you so much for this, for this morning. Thank you for the worship. Thank you for the words. Thank you for your word that we stand on that is truth. God, I repent for the times that I choose my own knowledge over your truth. I repent for that. That is not of you. And God, I declare your freedom in my life. I declare your liberty. I declare breakthrough in my life. God, I will follow you. I will trust you. And even if I get thrown in the furnace and I get burned alive, Nothing changes. The fact that I am with you and I am in this kingdom of light and I am free from anything that that kingdom of darkness wants to try to put on me in the name of Jesus. I want to thank you for listening to this episode of Church in the City. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, Google, wherever that may be, Amazon. Uh, and then share this episode with a friend so that we're fulfilling our mission of empowering a movement of passionate Jesus followers. 
And a quick reminder about our new building project. You can get involved in a bunch of different ways by going to a churchinthecity.org slash roots. Until next time, goodbye.